I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you got me. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. All right. Should I do your intro? I do whatever you want to do, man. Good jazz. <laughs> jazz. Um, how do you? What do you start? Oh, you say let's get ready to rumble. All right. I do the I do the whole gimmick. Yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> how do you do this? How do you do this? Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome to Aya versus the Big Boys. This week's fight. There's no fight. Oh, no. It's a vibe check episode, folks. We should get a sound uh, effect. We should get a sound effect for vibe check. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you have an idea of what sound boing. effect I can source? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll put in a boing. It'll be bow, great. Bow. Right? Chicka, chicka, chicka. That one. Oh, but that's copyrighted. We're going to get fucked. Never mind. Never mind. We're going to get really fucked. Can I just put a boing? Sure. Okay, sure. So right now, whoever's listening... Here's the boing. All right, cool. We did I it. I kind of hate it already, but it's going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> Aya, what, what, what is this vibe check? What, what, what the fuck are we doing? Kevin, I had the worst week of my quarantine. How about you? Oh, wow. Really? This was the peak? This was the worst week. Thus, knock on wood. I hope it doesn't get worse because <laughs> you know how she do, baby. Uh, this week was my worst week in quarantine. I, wow. I was... What? What? What happened? I got a kitten, Kevin. Oh. 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 I love what? her so much, but I'm tired, baby. Work has been impossible. Work has been impossible. Uh, it's been really long hours. Then I got this kitten to take care of when I've been fending for myself for who knows how long. And uh, <laughs> on top of that, you know, just uh, the existential depression that comes crumbling down on you. Yeah, it was my worst week in quarantine for me personally. And so I I have struggled with uh, depression for a long time. And I think that's uh, why I don't watch very many new movies, especially not ones that I uh, don't care about uh, or that doesn't have a hot person in them. Because, um, you know, coping, baby. Trying to cope, trying to watch movies I've seen before. Trying to get some kind of stability. And right now, my stability, Keanu Charles Reeves, baby. Oh, my God. You're still watching Mr. Keanu movies? I'm still watching Keanu movies. This week's, this week's offerings were the worst Keanu movie I've ever seen. Uh, it was called Generation Um Ellipses. It came oh, out in... No. Yeah. It oh, came out in God. 2012. It was micro-budget. 2012? Yes. Because that sounds like a fucking like reality bites type of like, oh, let's, you know, bank off of Gen X comedies, like a singles type of deal. Nope. But no, this is this is from almost within the decade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very, it was, it was simply too recent based on the subject matter of the film. Uh, yes, I, I had to turn it off. I could not finish that one. That's the one. I've watched 22 Keanu films this month and I couldn't finish that one. Um, 
I also we are also you, watched. Are you gonna make it for one Keanu a day? Are you gonna get to thirty one? Are there thirty one? Oh, there's like sixty something. Ooh. I think I'll double check. I've been meaning to put together some kind of like chart. Currently at twenty two. Some days I watch two. I watched two yesterday. We watched uh, Sweet November and The Lake House, which are two big faves. This is turning into just Aya updates on Keanu movies. Anyways, the bottom line is I didn't have it in me to watch a new film this week, Kevin. A new film that did not star one Keanu Charles Reeves. So, okay. so right. I said... Has, has, has the kitten helped? I need to ask. Not yet. She's not at the point where she's helping yet. <laughs> At this point, she's very reliant on me, her mother, to take care of her. So it's still at this point, it's simply a burden. But I love her so much. Her eyes are different sizes, and I would die for her already. And I am dying for her currently. <laughs> Case in point. Case in point. So I said, Kevin, let's do a vibe check episode. We've been doing this for how long, Kev? How long have we been doing Aya versus the Big Boys? Oh, don't put me on the spot. Let's say. Uh, definitely three months, right? Wow! Right, we started in April. Maybe f- close to four. Did, was it was it beginning of April or end of April? Was it March? Might have been. Might have been end of March. That's why I'm a little hesitant. My to point, really, like, come down on a number. My yes, point is that we've been doing Aya versus the Big Boys for a minute. A minute. A minute. And I thought, and we kind of did this at the end of the seven episode. Things have been existentially crushing recently. Let's get yes, a vibe check yes. on. Let's just, let's just, you know, let's get a vibe check on Aya versus the big boys. Aya, do you want to know how many big boys you have conquered thus far? Tell on the show? me. You have conquered a whopping, and this is not including films that you have watched on the side, other Keanu's that have brought it, been brought in. Other big boys that have not been discussed on the show. You never saw Jaws, and yet you watched Jaws for the first time off pod. You've been big boy crazy, Aya. You have conquered 14 (gasps) big boys on this show. Oh my God, that's so many. That's a lot of fucking big boys. That's a lot of major blind spots. I could cry. That's some work. That is some serious work. I'm proud. That's a lot of big boys. That's a lot of uh, new movies that um, I didn't think I would like. Yeah. See, that's the interesting part is that if we're looking at this as like a report card, almost, you have come out very enthusiastically on a majority of these. I have. Which, were you expecting that? Kind of, yes. I wasn't, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm like, I'm I'm happy about it. I'm pleased, but I'm not surprised. I like, listen, get this. Oh, here we go. I like movies. <laughs> oh my and goodness. so I said, I expect to like these movies that people who like movies like. And so I'm really glad, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by a few which I did kind of want to ask you, were there any... The the films that surprised me were... Well, particularly Drive, I feel like, is the one that surprised me the most because I thought I would like it, and I thought it was deeply bad. <laughs> um, what ha- have you... Have you run into any surprises in terms of rewatching slash, you know, just post-discussion? Because Kevin Cookman resident big boy a merry-go-round magazine 
Bonjour. You are one of the men being referred to when I discuss these movies. You are a big boy. You are a man who watches big boys. I who do maybe that doesn't qualifier. always watch movies the right way because you're blinded by your masculinity. So, there, Kev, there we go. Tell me, what have you felt surprised by? Well, it's it's always interesting because I, I come on a, a pure quality basis, like how you saw Drive and realized it sucked shit. Uh, I come out of a lot of these movies with the three different reactions. One being, oh, okay, this was a masterpiece when I was a kid, and it's still a fucking masterpiece. This shit slaps. Uh, Hell yeah. The other reaction is, wow, I did not like this as a kid. Maybe I'll like it more as an adult. Oh, my God, it's even worse as an adult. <laughs> Uh, and then the third one, which is like uh, when we got to like David Fincher 7, was like a movie that I was like, oh, this is cool when I was a kid. And now watching it with you and like really talking it through and having lived like 15 more years of my life since I had last seen that film going, oh, shit, this should be a bigger boy than it really is. Yeah. You know, and it's it's interesting in our conversations and figuring out like, I think the conversations we've had about these movies we are focusing on a lot of aspects of them that, and I, I think very naturally as well, uh, that are simply not covered on many of the podcasts or articles that I grew up with uh, watching these films, uh, just trying to learn about movies. Like I, I've been intaking and ingesting a lot of male-driven content because a lot of the time that is kind of the majority, I mean, that is the majority of uh, film journalism, film criticism, uh, content out there. It's usually two white men on microphones uh, talking about how The Godfather is all about respect. And, you know, when you... I got to a point in trying to dismantle the veneer of masculinity uh, very early in my life. I think it was when I was 11 years old and I was fat with titties and everyone was making fun of me for having titties. I was like, oh, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm cool with it. I like it. So, right then, barriers, bam, bashed to the ground uh but it's also like one of those things where it's like i it is so easy to get bored of men talking about movies that looking at these films through a lens that isn't necessarily like uh like a radical lens like i've been inspired my whole life by wanting to do things in a, a way that didn't bore me <laughs> And the way that we speak about these movies that have been spoken over dozens and dozens of times does not bore me. And wow. it, like, it is the most fun thing I can imagine talking about these movies that have been talked about dozens, hundreds, thousands, millions of times. Millions of times. It's always, you know, it's the fun challenge of getting to go into these where it's like, on one hand, personally, in my mind, I would like to destroy men. I would love to destroy men. Oh, my God. It's my favorite activity. <laughs> and then, you know, second-wise, uh, you know, second in command there in my hopes and ambitions is to kind of, like, shed a new layer and figure out what I haven't been seeing the, from these movies because I haven't had conversations with you my whole life, essentially. Like, going into Alien and figuring out, oh, yeah, hold up, this is a gaslighting nightmare. And my whole idea of what gaslighting is isn't exactly paired with intent. Yeah. People don't intend to do this to other people. True. Men do not often intend to gaslight other women. It is just completely involuntary mm -hmm. based on 
conditioning in nature. And so that's that's something that's like, I thought I would have already known that by now, but having that revelation in terms of a piece of fiction was like, oh, shit, we need to have more 15-year-olds looking at movies in different ways. <laughs> yes! I think, um, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. One, I'm glad that we... I'm kind of glad that I did the episode with just my friends because I think that kind of, it kind of like made, got my mind in the right space where I was like, oh, right. This is what talking about movies with women is like. Whereas I have a lot of conversations about movies with you and it's very different. Um, I guess I, I'm interested that you brought that up because I remember we were discussing the Mahal and Drive episode and you loved talking to Rachel and you were like, that's the best Lynch related conversation I've ever had because it was with her. And I was kind of like, I've had a lot of good Lynch conversations, but I don't talk to men about David Lynch. <laughs> There's the big difference. Yeah. When I do, I get tricked into watching the return and resenting them for the rest of my young life. But when I talk to women, I feel like it's a, it's it's so much, it's so different. And so I thought that was a really interesting revelation that you had. Do you feel, I suppose you kind of already answered this, that you do enjoy talking to women about movies and that this is, has this, has this made talking, has this podcast recontextualized discussing film with women? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting question because I, most of my friends throughout my entire life have been women. Rarely have I had uh, friends that identified as male. Uh, and so, but the big difference, though, is that most of the time, my friends who were women were not super into film. And so I would often have to make male friends so I can talk about the only thing I cared about. <laughs> that led to me making, like, I think, I'm, I'm friends with, like, three dudes from our college and that I mean, I think I'm friends with one dude from high school, and that about taps out the amount of men in my circle, you know. Uh, but that's the thing is that like that in the the path that I've I've been forced to take, I've only really encountered people that are as big enough freaks as me, who were unfortunately like me. <laughs> the Lynch episode is kind of uh, emblematic. Of, of the switch to me because there's something so rich about having spoken about Mulholland Drive on a complete level of sincerity that was not steeped in a sort of self-satisfied, uh, this is supposed to be ironic uh, sheen to get through first. Like it's, it's the same way like when I speak to men about uh, and it's very rarely that you will find a man to talk about this with, but like a Douglas Sirk melodrama or something. But that's the thing. It's like, it's not a Douglas Sirk film. It's a Douglas Sirk melodrama. And yeah. then you start talking about uh, the art of melodrama and the over the topness of it. And it's like, yeah, okay. This is like literally the top level of it. This is the, the skim. Um, but I, I, I rarely feel as if I'm getting to the actual meat and potatoes of a lot of pieces of, of art uh, simply because the context in which a lot of film is ingested in my circle is this purely academic, purely intellectual uh, that 
kind of sucks away around 75% of what the film actually is. And I, I don't know. It's, it is an odd, I, I am not sure what, what is it? What, what, what's happening? Why do men talk about movies like this? Uh, they're deeply detached from their feelings. Ah, and there we go. Okay. forget that the point of art is uh, to inspire feeling. Ah, yes, yes. It's yes, very yes. interesting that you mentioned that because I do agree. Like, I, I feel like when we first met and we were speaking about movies, it was a lot of, you know, it it what it felt more academic. I felt like I was learning. I was like, whoa, what? You know? I feel like you would bring up a movie and then be kind of like, well, that director, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, whoa, all right, cool, sick. This guy knows a lot about movies. <laughs> and like the but like, for example, yesterday I was talking with my really good friends and neighbors about my own private Idaho, which I haven't seen. Um, and they were like, Well, I hope you like it. I don't know if you'll like it. I don't want to hype it up too much. And I was like, Well, I really like you know, uh, Goodwill Hunting. So I'll probably like that. Like that makes me think I'll like this more. And they were like, "What does that have to do with anything? It's a completely different movie." And I was like, "Well, it's a it's the same director." And they were like, "So what?" And I was like, "Oh right, you know, I'm kind of repurposing my brain to be like, well, if a director has the, like this, like this is their you know aesthetic, and they have their own like personal mark on each of the films that they make." But my friends are watching it from like purely how they responded to each individual movie. And I think that that is so different. And I, I value both in different ways. And I think it's really interesting being on this podcast with you and speaking with you about movies a lot. Cause again, I feel like I've weirdly like we're the opposite. I've spent my whole life talking about movies with women talking about movies about men. I had to like retrain my brain because I was like, Oh God, you know, like in college, oh God. And like, I've written about this before and talked about it a lot, but like, it it was always this vibe of like, you're trying to educate me. You're trying to one up me. You don't take the films I enjoy seriously, which is, and then what, but then like, and so I'm like, I don't even want to talk to a dude about movies. You know, I don't like it. It's not interesting. It's fucking boring. And they don't even get my (laughs) goddamn aquamarine references. So what's the point? But like, Kelsey liked that one. (laughs) But I've I've really enjoyed this. And I, I especially enjoy it when it's like me and Rachel and you or me and Kelsey and you or me and Jesse Herb and you where it's like, I feel like we all get something different out of the conversation and something completely new because we're all coming at it from different perspectives. Even if it's like something as, you know, simultaneously small and general massive as our gender but i think it's not to be that fucking meme that was like (laughs) movies for guys and movies for girls but it is like it i i have really enjoyed more than i expected talking to a man about movies (laughs) wow 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 well i mean like the perfect like the the zen that everyone wants to or i think everyone should want to attain is that middle ground between like your neighbors and you in that scenario yeah you know to have the two truths be equally true and it's like i don't know i feel like people either have a 
I mean, if, if I, I've, I have faced more people in my life who have had a lack of chill. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is, it is in a, a very intense, uh, like quiz off when it comes to talking about movies, which is completely uncomfortable. Uh, it sucks ass. But at the same time, like, uh, I, I still do talk in that way that when we first met, where I am, like, trying to bring up a bunch of other things in addition to what we're talking to. Because that's just, like, I don't, personally still, I find value in that. Because I, I like... I like the idea, and I, I've always liked the idea of learning what someone likes and then giving them three other things that they may also like. And so that's kind of the where I try to come from with it. I don't know, and I'm actually, I don't, I, it's not even, I don't know. I'm quite certain that most other men uh, do not have such a benevolent uh, motivation. No, sir. It, 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 I mean, and it's, it's, very clear that it is a domineering sort of like uh tactic um yeah i don't know why why man want to dominate so much why man when i like go on like letterboxd or film twitter tm which thank god i don't follow very many men on film twitter but like sometimes you read someone's review of a movie or like for example the lovely gentleman i was speaking to on hinge this week who i told you about who was just oh god mm, the worst i kind of want to be like do you do you realize that like you're supposed to enjoy this like are you having fun (laughs) like is this fun for you like are you like this is a hobby. You shouldn't be filled with rage every time, or you shouldn't be so I don't, so cynical. I suppose I don't know. I'm like, do you? Are you happy? Like, d- like, do you feel held by this? <laughs> like, it's it. I think it's really interesting. And then you know, you talk to girls, and they're just like, "Whoo!" Just popped on Devil Wears Prada for the third time this week. Let's have fun. And I'm like, "Yes, girl, let's go." <laughs> Well, I think that's that's sort of a thinking that has, I mean, cynical uh, art enthusiasts have have been around since the the beginning of art. Yeah. Um, but I do think Letterboxd, in a, as much as it has sort of cultivated a new culture of like uh, film, uh, just it's not even like enthusiasm because it's beyond that. It's like revivalism. It's wanting to find the next big thing that will trend like that will get it'll show up in everyone's watch lists and whatever but it is also like it is a numbers game it is a quantifiers game it is how many films do you have on your watch list you know like what's what's your number bro how like how many likes do do your uh, reviews have and it has turned people into just wanting to like treat like let's say the criterion collection as uh just like a game of darts which is like, okay, that balloon's done, that balloon's done, that balloon's done. Yeah. Get him the fuck out of here. It's a carnival game. And when you're ingesting that, like, decades and decades of film like that, just so you can get a, get, it's not even get your own take, because you're very lucky if you find a unique take on letterboxd.com. But it's, it's <laughs> mostly like, if you can supply a take, if you can take up oxygen, that is the goal for many people. And I feel like, that has kind of uh, harbored this culture that is just like movies are not quite like pieces of art to like feel and 
stay with and stick with and think about and especially with at least the circles that we've been so lucky to associate ourselves with uh it is mostly like how many of these can i chomp through and you know it's the streaming culture as well it's the entire way especially now that theaters are uh almost like it's like a toe out of the of, of the grave right now um, this is going to get worse too, you know, no. <laughs> it's, it's going to be like how many titles in this streaming services catalog can I just fucking blaze through? Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer. And yeah, I've, I've dealt with a lot of people who are overly cynical. Uh, I try to adjust my definition of cynical though. Cause it, it's something okay. like I am all for loving film but i am also very much for knowing what's sus you know yeah i mean we we've been doing that on every episode of the podcast we've kind of been fortunate enough to very recently be on a string of like just fucking heavy hitters like there have been few films that we have detested and hated and i think the last time we were really there uh was was drive which was our third episode, and you know we're on fourteen. Uh, and Drive is one of those films where I'm like, okay, here's the thing: I love movies. That is not going to put me in a position to be like, oh man, let me try to love this one. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, and I don't think when I say cynical, I genuinely don't mean like critical. I don't think those are the same things. A lot of people do. I That's think- why I just have to. I, I have to say that. Yeah. People, no, I, it bothers the shit out of me when people are like, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson being like, don't listen to the critics, you know? And like, <laughs> I like, I God bless Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I'm going to be wrong, but like, no, I, I fully, it's, I mean, it is important to recognize what's sus. Like, I can't, I'm not going to go in and love every movie, but that's make, but that's what makes the movies I do like so much more beautiful is that they are not all uncut gems, you know? They're like not mm. every single film I've ever watched inspires the same th- feelings that Call Me by Your Name inspired in me, you know. So like, but I do get the sense of like like that guy I was talking to on Hinge this week, um, yes, where yes. it was just like everything he had to say about these films, even if he kind of liked them, it it felt like he was like just dragging them through the mud. And I was like, I don't have the energy to just like hate. He he had that kind of take where he was like. Movies are bad now, aren't they? And I'm like, if you f- if you can fucking find a good movie, dumbass. God damn it. Like, I don't know. I, I joke sometimes where you'll see like a fucking trailer for, I don't know, Cats. And you're just like, I mean, Cats was a masterpiece, but like, you know what I mean? You watch a trailer sometimes. You sit in the movie before, um, you sit in the movie theater before the film. And you just watch like five trailers in a row where everything is capitalist garbage it's secret life of pets too it's your fucking you know the playmobil movie which i haven't seen it i won't shit on it but like it's just these but i think that that's different than enjoying and being critical of film because at that point i agree like we should be deeply critical and and somewhat cynical about the involvement of studios and money especially when it comes to great art the great art of cinema so i i understand that that vibe and i love to make the joke like movies are bad now aren't they but like as long as like 
there are passionate people still making films and people of color and queer people and trans people and, you know, marginalized communities continue to make their art. It's only going to keep getting better. And the idea that like movies are bad now is it's simply incorrect. And I don't trust those people. (laughs) And you shouldn't because like it always, it's, it's one of those weird flexes where it's like, I know so much about the industry that I can judge it blanket (laughs) style. Uh, But it, it, no one ever quite realizes that they're just snitching on themselves for not being good enough to find the movies. Yeah. Like, bitch, go to a go to Videotech and you'll find <laughs> something from the last five years that you've never heard of. You're just not pushing yourself. You're just watching Marriage Story and being like, well, Kicking and Screaming was better. And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Maybe it was. I haven't seen Kicking and Screaming, obviously. Now, I will say, I do think that this sort of segment of our conversation is colored by the fact that in our past, I would say, five episodes, we have looked at big boys that have been, like, fringe big boys, you know? Like, Texas Chainsaw was, like, an underground midnight classic that made a huge fucking profit for being uh, notorious and profoundly disturbing. Uh, the Matrix, it was a huge hit, but also majorly transgressive. You yes. know, uh, Seven, one of the grimiest fucking movies ever made, ended up being the seventh highest grossing film of its year. RoboCop, punk, like 1980s anti-Reagan epic. We, like even back to like Alien and Mulholland Drive, they all have these yeah. kind of narratives to them. Uh, we haven't done like a like a big chunkus in a while. You big know, like a chungus. A big chungo mungo boy, you know? Yeah. And I think once we get to the to the like we're we've been looking at like the soldiers of 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 the of the big boys. Yes. But I think after this vibe check, I think we'll start moving back into the old guard. You know what I mean? I'm d- like, oh, absolutely. The Titans. And I think maybe then that is when I don't want to say that the cynicism will peer through more, but I do think that there are bumpy roads ahead for our lineup. Okay. I think, hell yeah. I think that a lot of the films that we've centered on and because the way that we schedule the show is that, I mean, it's I versus the big boys, you know, I'm merely the co-host. This is Aya's show and this is also Aya's free time. And so a lot of the time Whoa. is that, I know, right? Uh, a lot of the time when we're choosing a movie, I'm kind of uh, directing myself in a way to want to steer us in a direction of like, okay, it's been a tough week upon weeks and weeks of weeks of bad. Just nightmares. Just nightmares. What is, some, what is one of these movies that I think she might like? I appreciate on, what, what that. Happened? What Kelsey's just Kelsey's watching the X Files. Um, oh, I appreciate that because I was about to say too, like the reason we're not doing an episode this week is because I'm simply too depressed to watch a new movie that does not star Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and like, I really, I'm glad that we do this because I fear and like the opposite of constantly trying to find new movies, constantly trying to just like pop all those bubbles is being like me and getting caught in a rut where I watch the same five movies over and over again. And I'm like, these are masterpieces. I'm lazy. You know, like I've tried, I try to watch new movies as much as I can, but like 
being in this situation is fucking impossible. And some weeks I just want to watch the goddamn parent trap, which by the way, Nancy Myers, where's the post? Anyways, I, so I do appreciate this because, and I appreciate your efforts in finding something I will enjoy because it is keeping me sharp. And I've watched 14, no, I watched more than 14. I watched what, 16 new movies? Because we did two of the episodes. Two of the episodes were two, or is it 14 movies? It's still 14. I counted those. Okay, okay. I've watched 14 new movies, baby. That I, like, I genuinely believe I probably wouldn't have. I think maybe only, maybe seven is maybe one of the only ones I would have watched separately. <laughs> but, like, no, it's it's been really productive. And, you know, this week was just a wash, but... It's been I'm I'm I appreciate your commitment to entertaining me <laughs> like a child well, it, keeping me entertained. It's it's the it's the tough fact. I mean, it's the most entertaining aspect of our show, but it's also the toughest aspect of our show. Is that essentially the conflict of Aya versus the big boys is Aya has to do homework. Yes. Like, that's that's the entire like that's what brings people in, but that's also what makes this shit difficult (laughs) trying but it's worth it ultimately i feel it's worth it i feel very glad i mean i have what do i have now you know i finally watched seven i have a deeper appreciation for my lord and savior david fincher i you know i loved goodfellas i get to lol at goodfellas references now um i like ryan gosling now which is a huge development I have art of him on my wall now. Like, wow, Jesus! Yeah, what's your uh, what's your highlight so far, Kev? Oh my God! I mean, learning that Alien is one of the best summer movies of all time was that fucking dope. was very exciting. That, that was conversation about watching it in theaters really got me hyped to one Ooh. day watch a movie in theaters again. God, wouldn't it be great? The Matrix uh, Four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just. I, I think one of the things that delights me is like let's say for like a goodfellas type of episode i'm like oh my god if i hates this i'm not even sure how this is gonna go <laughs> <laughs> i'm I, and so the surprise and delight of you liking something like goodfellas and then us being able to figure out what are all the different ways someone could watch this movie yeah shit shit like that is great for me. I th- those are the highlights for every episode for me for like figuring out how can someone completely misinterpret this movie. Uh or I mean, who knows? I mean, it's th- and also that's another part of the conversation that I think is always really fun is saying is misinterpretation even true? Like is there such thing as misinterpretation in art? Uh which we are Oof. finding to be both true and false. Yeah. on any given episode. Absolutely. Oof. You know, like I think it's completely true that there are misinterpretations when it comes to like Fight Club or Goodfellas, but then you get to shit like Alien and you get to shit like even Blade Runner or yeah. uh, Heat, where it's like, ah, uh, uh, you could come away with this, but, ah, uh, you know? Yes. And it doesn't make them better films, but it just makes it a different conversation for us to have in terms of how do boys treat big boys. Very true. And that's always the fun part, man. I like that. I like that. I, I, that's a good yeah shit a lot of a lot of parts of the show i like we're, we're doing a lot of shit on this show i mean we've been doing it for long enough that we better enjoy it right 
Hey, Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Um, well, that's all I got for you, Kev. That's our vibe check. I'm glad that we um, enjoy something that we are committing our time to and that yeah. we continue to <laughs> learn new things every week. That is nice. I, I'm always a big fan of learning. Well, what? I suppose we should wrap it up. We're at, we've got to watch 14 movies. <laughs> you know what's coming, baby. Oh, no. Who has been the hottest of these 14 flicks? Oh, fuck. Oh, tell no. Tell me. Tell me. I mean, the, do you have one off the top of your head? Off the friggin' dome, brother? Do you have one off the dome? Um, I think I have, like, top three. I think I can okay. maybe do top five. We have a st- I got top I mean, five. We have a stacked fucking lineup. We got a stacked cast. I got top five. I got top five. I'm trying to remember if there's films that I don't remember, but I think that I'm good. Well, I mean, hit us with the top five. You you are obviously more prepared. Okay, top five. We've got Brad Pitt in seven. Is this an order? No. Okay. It's just a general top five. Brad right. Pitt in seven. Goss- I've, although I do feel like maybe Gosling and Drive has to be number one because it, it inspired something that I, in me that I haven't been able to access for over a decade, probably, of Ryan Gosling's career. Wow. So that was huge. Uh, we've got Kurt Russell in The Thing. Yeah. So hot, I want to explode. We've got, obviously, duh, Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. My man, Neo. And uh, what's a wild card? Well, it's what still David Fincher card? behind the camera of Seven. Oh, you fucking asshole. You fucking <laughs> No, piece it's of the new one Goodfellas. Number one. That's my number one. De Niro yeah, and I can't Goodfellas. Believe, it's I mean, no, right it's now. It's De Niro and Goodfellas. Yeah, it I mean it's my choice for hottest of the pod is obviously De Niro with that fucking forearm forearm tat. De Niro forearm tat. Kurt Russell with the big hat. Big hat. That's that's the the fight. Yeah, that is that's the final the uh, double fist. Let's go for it. I like Although our recency, findings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is good. Recency bias does tell me that Terry McMinn in Texas Chainsaw is still the white woman who will ruin my life yeah. and colonize my Absolutely. family. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Do whatever you want to me. I mean, the open uh, back. <laughs> but yeah, it's got to be De Niro or Kurt. You know what? I'm going to go Kurt because I tried growing out his hair like that. I tried growing out my hair the same way. Did not work. Ended no. up shaving my head. <laughs> no, no, no. That level of quaff can only be accomplished it, by Kurt Russell. It's both thick and flowing. I don't know how he did it. I don't, I don't know, know how he, he did fucking it. Did God it. bless him. God bless him. Well, Ooh. I think we've I think we've come to some good conclusions. These are good. These, These are, are good. good. These, These are, are scientific. Good. Wow. Well, thank you for joining another episode of I versus the Big Boys. Ding 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 baby. Uh the friggin' vibe check of all vibe checks. Um follow hey Follow Mary Graham Magazine on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Join our um, Dime in the Jukebox every Friday. On the, it's on the same platform on Jukebox. Uh, subscribe to the you already do subscribe to the Mary Graham Magazine Patreon. But tell your, tell friends. your friends, tell, tell your, your friends, friends. Um, Kev, you got any good? You got some good stuff coming up on the site. I got some good stuff coming up on the site. If I can uh, stop being so depressed that I can access my brain again, tell me about it. <laughs> 
Uh, we got some uh, pretty cool film features coming up. We've been doing anniversaries lately. We have a uh, 40-year anniversary piece on Bill Gunn's personal problems uh, that just went up from one of our writers. Hell yeah. I have a 2,000-word piece on why Hamilton is anti-Puerto Rican All right, uh, pulling yeah. up on the site. Uh, and we got some crazy shit coming up in the next few weeks. Uh some crazy announcements to come from the site. It's a wild time here at Merry-Go-Round Fields. A wild, Mind-blowing. wild time. I'm happy to be doing this pod. I'm happy that Aya calls me out of my shit when I need to be called out. This is great. This is good. Good times. It's good times, brother. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Goodbye. Ding, ding, Ciao. ding. <laughs>